everybody. We're back. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of Cinema Draft Game, and today's guest, as I bring up my notes, <laughs> I know who he is, <laughs> damn it. You know who he is. You see him tearing up the leaderboards, the group chat, and perhaps even the online sports book or two. It's the Roan, Henry Roan Jr. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What up, what up, what up, what's up, what's up? That's right. What's you up, get the America? air horn. You had, you had the air <laughs> horn because you were an OG back from the spreadsheet days. You were there from the beginning. Tell everybody how you know me. Well, actually, I know uh, Mr. Jackson because um, one of his best friends, Kurt Midkiff, married uh, one of my little sisters, Melinda Roan, who is now Melinda Midkiff. Um, so I met, that was 2013, right? I think so. I'm not, I, you know, it was it was a few years ago. Yeah, I was I was best yeah. man at that wedding. We don't really fuck with them anymore, but I got you out of the deal, so it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Air hard for that. Damn straight. Tonight's drinking game will be the word English because we are delving into British films tonight. We'll get to that a little bit later. And you must keep a stiff upper lip when we go through these titles. So English is the drinking game tonight. All right. All right, and the first segment, my favorite segment, it's what I'm watching. Okay, that's plenty of air horns. All right, uh, of course, <laughs> we got to start with, you know, the one, the only, Game of Thrones. I'm going through withdrawal, damn it. I'm a diehard. I think you're yep. a diehard too, Henry G, right? Oh, yeah, it, I'm it, all so in. So talk to me about, the, about that truncated yet still somewhat satisfying season. Were you satisfied this last seven-episode season? Um, overall, no. Oh, but okay. the thing is, and I think you'll you'll know a lot of these uh, hit points because we listen to some of the same pods to watch and binge mode. Yeah. So yes. Like the first the first two or three episodes, I was like, this is the best season ever because there was action, you know, and it was unexpected action, you know, like Loot Train, even though they, they're getting killed for the name of that Loot episode. Train. That's a terrible name, but it, it's it was great. just, but it was, you know, it was like, hey, you're thinking this episode is kind of, you know, winding down. All of a sudden, you hear the Dothraki, <laughs> then you see the dragons, and you're just like, yo! I mean, dragons are out, man. That was the first time ever dragons were out. So how can you not be excited? Yeah, man. But you know, they, uh, you know, some things. And I, it's it's kind of weird because I used to complain about the older episodes. It's just like some Game of Thrones episodes were like, oh, okay. Uh, Jamie and uh, Varys are just going to talk in the, you know, in the wagon Whatever. the whole episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just going to be like, one of those oh my God. dreams of talking yeah. about it. And I was like, thing. oh, man. Y you miss it now that it's gone because it led up to so much, you know what I mean? And so now, like, you know, and I mean, one of the biggest planks, too, this season for me was just, like, that idea of getting the White Walker or the White. It's just like, really, guys? That, oh, I mean, and I know a lot of people made about this plan because it's a terrible fucking plan. It's an awful yeah. plan. But and and I guess I mean there's a lot of and there's a lot of like speculation that maybe the the D D and D as they call them David and, and DB um, the showrunners uh, were just kind of working backwards for stuff they wanted to to do or see happen. And and I just so here I mean I get that maybe after almost a decade they're probably tired of game of thrones they want to do other stuff right <laughs> confederate whatever but and i and as an artist i understand wanting to move on to do and try different stuff but my my god i mean this it does feel rushed in places and sometimes it's yeah. been exciting but it also feels like they've they've unnecessarily done like stupid things it, it almost felt like that 
trip was was either a filler or they could have done it a little bit differently, either elongate or made it make more sense. So you could, yeah. have, you could have figured out a better reason to go north to have like a really cool scene with like, you know, the Night King and, the, and, the, and, and everything. But I will say this though, it did kind of pay off, kind of pay off when you saw Cersei's eyes when that shit jumped out that box on the, on that chain. Ah, she's like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like she, yeah. you know, True. you know, that even, even Starky ass Cersei had to put all that shit aside for a second. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah it, you know, I mean, can't I mean what's done is done. What is dead may never die. So we'll have to leave that in the past. But I mean overall, I enjoyed this season. I started thinking about rankings. I read recently online about how people ranked them, and some people were yep. like, "Oh, dead last." I think it's kind of in the middle. Like I mean, off the top of my head, I think it's six, three, one, seven, four, two, and five. Five was terrible. That that's if I had to go off the top of my head. If you've yeah. got them ranked, let me know. Um, I just kind of I had to think about it, but six. I mean, six. I've, I haven't seen them since the originals. Have you? Have you? I know you rewatch. Did you rewatch six or? I've re. I rewatched. Okay, so I think so. I have rewatched like all you know sixty episodes. Or, yeah. or well, at one point I had, I had a girlfriend watch with her. Like she. She, she had oh, the time cool. to speak for the first three seasons, and then we started watching it together. And then I was dating someone; she had never seen any of us. So we had to do all six seasons. So I was effectively seen, you know, the entire yeah. series, you know, about two and a half times ish. And then I think in preparation for this season, I might have rewatched all of season six. I was so I was, my body was ready. My body was ready. So, so um, you're so you're a little bit of a maester then. I mean, you're kind of like the black maester, yeah. Little, little bit, little bit. <laughs> Although I would oh, not I clean up bedpans like I know, right? Sam. Whew. Yeah, I'm, I'm, with you I'm, on I'm, that about, I'm about to skip some steps on that one. <laughs> um, oh yes, oh yes. Yeah, and, and so, so real quick. So, what, what was your favorite episode this season? I mean, I think I know what it is. But, um, you know, you might probably it was probably Loot Train because the first time dragons were out, man. Like when those train. dragons were out, I was just like, yo. Dragons are out, man. I mean, in a wrecked shop. Dob it looked look just like your boy, um, your your boy Key and Peel. Them dragons. <laughs> it, it did, yo. Like it did. It really did. I forgot about that skit. It really did, though. Yeah, Khaleesi and them it dragons. Really yeah, and them and dragons, I, man. Them dragons. I'm not even ashamed of it either. I I went and bought the soundtrack Sunday night. Had to do it. Um. Nope. Not as great as the season six soundtrack, but they did that whole Danny Danny John love song. It's just kind of it just tugs my heartstrings, so I had to get that. A uh, really good show. I miss it. I miss it terribly. But what somewhat filled the void simultaneously over the weekend was the other thing I'm watching, and I was not ready. Uh, there we go. The other thing I'm watching, which is The Expanse. And at, we were talking a little bit before we started rolling camera, but I love The Expanse. They, they call it Game of Thrones in space, which is somewhat accurate. I mean, because you've got all the political intrigue. People are getting, like, just got, like, main characters, like, title characters getting got after, you know, a handful of episodes. You know, people losing heads. People just, I mean, they just don't care. And it is, it's really cinematic, epic storytelling. And, it, it, and I actually... Um, before we really had like a topic for today, I was gonna do like top space films. I was just feeling mm -hmm. the expanse. It's a yeah. really realized world. I kind of went into it earlier on on today's uh, or Tuesday's recap pod or whatever. Um, so if you really want to see my thoughts of the expanse, you can uh, check out the the, the weekend uh, review and town pool preview. Uh, now is the expanse? Man, so is the expanse? Yeah. Is it um, based off books like uh, Thrones? 
or is that an all like new? So it wasn't until I was like almost all the way through the first season that I realized it's based off a series of books. And you know okay. what? I'm, I'm going to do this Game of Thrones style too. I don't want to read the books. I'm a yeah. writer. Damn. I'm an author. I'm a published author. But yet I was introduced to this you know, via the show. I'm going to stay inside the show. And, and actually from what yeah. I hear, they're pretty faithful to the books so far. And the second season just lit. I mean uh, this, uh, this woman, young woman, doesn't have a lot of credits from New Zealand named Frankie Adams plays – uh, a Martian soldier. So basically, it's like real quick. You know, it's 200 years in the future. Earth is Earth and the Moon are like a thing, or like a nation. Mars developed. There are people who like only been born lived on Mars. And then you got like the belt, which is like the asteroid belt, you know, past Mars. And like Earth and and Mars are about to go to war. And the belt's always caught in the middle because they're like like a worker colony. Generally, it's just really. Okay. And it's you got like all these like just like just like with uh, Game of Thrones, you got all these parallel arcs and tracks yeah. where people are where you know all these you know, main characters working kind of towards the same thing, but not never but not ever really seen each other or interacting. It's really good. I'm very excited. The cast seems like they're having the time of their lives, and I didn't know they. I mean, they had such production values on the Sci-Fi Network. I mean, it's it's going down over there. So yeah, okay. if you, if you guys, it's super political, high body count, cussing. You know, you know, no incest sex yet though. But give them time. Good. Give them time. <laughs> hey, actually, I'm, I'm alright without that. You know, actually, let's do a real quick cultural cultural cult say. Now I'm an only yeah. child. Honestly, I care. The whole now the whole Jamie Cersei thing. I get. It. I mean, it kind of grossed me out at first. I get it. But are you with like all the social media who are just like hating on Danny and John? They don't know. He doesn't they don't, know I mean, the on. Yeah, they. I mean, since they don't know, I think that's totally different. I mean, yeah, since they don't know, I'm not as mad. I mean, but it's just like. You know, it, I, I I don't know. Well, I don't think George R. R. Martin wrote this into the because all of this is well. We well, don't no, know exactly. He, well, maybe. Well, that's that's a good question. I mean, I kind of I find yeah. it kind of hard to believe that he wouldn't have you know those two main characters on a collision course right. at, uh, at some point, and the whole R plus L equals J type thing, that whole fan theory, which was confirmed, which we always kind of suspect or knew about anyways. You did any kind of deep dive of Game of Thrones, um, right? I mean kind of set up this whole kind of collision. But my, I don't I, I find it kind of hard to believe that he wouldn't be on board with, you know, with them hooking up. And he doesn't care about incest. He's here. And that whole, and I think I tweeted yeah. something out about like Targaryen. Now they say early on that Tar, I think it was the pilot, Targaryen's wed, you know, brother to sister for thousands of years to keep the bloodline pure. So yeah, I, mean, yeah. I just gonna shake it off. I think it's funny. <laughs> How do you think John's going to carry it though next season? Like he's got, he's going to find out brand the weirdo, the three eyed weirdo is going to tell him. So how do you think he's going to carry it? It's going to be interesting, man, because, uh, you know, it's basically what he's always wanted to know, like his whole purpose. You know what I mean? Like, and the funny thing I didn't realize, you probably remember since you rewatched the shows, but like, how like it seems well like before Ned went to King's Landing and got murked, he was like told John he told John like hey when I get back I'm gonna talk to you about your mom you know what I mean right. yeah I'm gonna talk to you more blah 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 so like for him to know that hey actually I am a Stargarian a Stark Targaryen I mean Targaryen I like that it, it's like <laughs> I don't know because I I think it's gonna be interesting because his well, he's going to brood. That we much that much we know. He's going to brood about right. it. He's going to look, you know, off in, uh, onto the, you know, the, the white uh, snow of Winterfell, or whatever. But after that, do you think he's going to like, all right, I can't be with you, Danny, because you're my aunt, or be like, eh, fuck it, I'm in love. We make a good power couple. Let's do it. <laughs> I think they'll probably be like, screw it, man. 
We're yeah, good. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they would because they'd After be like, a lot of brooding, of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. I'm just it, it'll be it'll be extremely interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so yeah, so I had to I had to steer us in that cul-de-sac because I, I was very curious to see what you thought about how they're gonna carry it. I hear it's not coming back till 2019, so bring on the expanse. I think it comes back on February first, so and they're filming right now. Very excited. And then the last thing I'd say I'm watching is oh, Ingrid Goes West. Um, okay. I can't remember if I reviewed this or not, but I really enjoyed it. It's uh it's it's a great dark comedy. It totally examines like our obsession with social media uh, and and validation through you know through social media whatever. It's and most about like this lonely young woman who's kind of going through something like she lost her mom and she's kind of latches onto people like inappropriately. She like kind of <laughs> latches onto like this Instagram model named um, named Taylor Taylor Sloan who lives out in in a in uh, in L A in California. She, I think she I think Ingrid's from like Pennsylvania or something. She has like sixty thousand dollars in inheritance whatever. Cashes all of it out straight cash homie. Sticks in the backpack. Wow. <laughs> it's out to California to wow. basically stalk, cyber stalk Taylor, become her best friend, and it's and it's funny and sad at the same time. And then your boy O'Shea Jackson Jr., another great junior, uh, Ice Cube Jr. He's great. Uh, he plays like Ingrid's like landlord slash love interest, and it's and he's so he's so much fun. And this movie I really enjoyed it because it's like the most L.A. movie ever. Have you you been to L.A. Uh, Henry G? Not since like forever. Oh, Star weekend. Um, <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> I, I, I think I think me and your and your your brother in law did that like in two thousand four. That shit was lit. It was so. Oh lit. yeah, oh yeah. Now, and Ingrid goes west. Ingrid is Aubrey Aubrey Plaza, right? Yes, Aubrey Plaza okay. of she of Parks and Rec fame. She was April Ludgate, the really kind of you know dour one. But yes, she's right. Yeah, she's I first great. got introduced to her in um. Dirty Grandpa, which I thought was extremely funny. Really, you know, and that's on my Amazon Prime. I've been, I've been, it's on my watch list. I've been like, yeah, I'll get to it one of these days. So it's, it's funny, huh? I mean, if you like that type of that humor, like that, like uh, Wedding Crashers, like you know, that whole era of that, you know, early two thousands, it's now extended out. And you know, my boy Zach Efron's in there because he's he's a he's a funny little dude, man. I like, I like. <laughs> You know, I, and, and, and I like I like Zac Efron too. I think he's got. I mean, I know. I mean, Hollywood loves Zac Efron, but he keeps getting like wrong vehicles for him. But something like this, I think he'd probably be pretty good. I liked him in Baywatch. I love Baywatch. Yeah, I got. I got to see that. Yeah, I got to see that. Yeah, Baywatch is great. All right, so all right, I'll check it out. That that might go on uh, later on tonight. Uh, Dirty Grandpa. All right, but yeah, but Angry Goes West is like just the most L.A. movie ever. The pretensions, the kind of faux friendships. It's even down to like like the like you know way they shot it. I mean, it looks like they use like all like kind of like you know real locations, and it's really reminded me of my time in L.A. And if if you're into social media at all, and you have any interest or you li used to live in L.A., you will love this movie because it is. It, I mean, it's dark. The comedic, like I say, it takes a really you know dark turn in, in the third act, but it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, I'm glad it's out there. Ingrid goes west. That's what I'm watching. Okay, okay. All right, Harry G. What three things are you watching? Um, well, you know, it's Thrones, of course. Watching that or finish that. Um, and then um, I got into. I, I finished. I'm actually caught up with Insecure now. I started that like. A couple <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Bomani Jones of his podcast huh? calls it the Black Civil War. <laughs> he 
He calls. He calls. Uh, oh, it's. <laughs> I yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. Sunday, it's going down. Women are. Women are. It's either Team Lawrence or Team Issa, and it's like. Yeah. I kind of don't have a dog in this fight. I was Team Lawrence at least in the beginning because you know every guy, every nice guy's been that guy's been dogged out by some woman or whatever. But he's made some questionable choices, like we all did in our late twenties. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that show is hilarious. Like it also like uh, I mean hilarious, but also brings up like good social points. I mean like within that, like it's just it's a quality show, man. I've yeah. been like pleasantly, uh, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Um, that's you also know, low key a very LA centric show too. Like, like that Dunes place. Like everyone knows the Dunes. It's not like famous, but like if you've driven through Inglewood, you've seen like the Dunes. You kind of know where it's at. So I think it's kind of funny. It's like a landmark now. People are straight up going up to the Dunes. It's just, it's just, it's just a, a very super yeah. ordinary, average ass apartment building in Inglewood. Right. People like, go up there like taking pictures, like selfies by the Dunes and stuff. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. So you're, yeah. go ahead. You're saying. No, I mean, yeah, because they make the Dunes so prominent because, like, I've wondered about it. I'm like, the Dunes, like, it's 709 or something. I even know the number because I'm like, I super see that. It's average. It's super basic. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's yeah. perfect for her character and her stage life. We all lived in a place like that. When I first moved to L.A., I lived, uh, I lived a block away from Inglewood, so I claimed L.A. and L.A. section of Westchester, which was far and wide. I mean, West, when people talk about Westchester and L.A., it's like an actual, there's like, most people think of, like, the nicer part, the part that, like, can kind of see the ocean almost. Mine was barely Westchester. It was like a block away from Inglewood, but I claimed Westchester the hell out of it. I was technically Inglewood, yeah. and I was in the flight path, and in one of those Dune-style type of apartments. So everyone's lived there. G-Nice, our boy G-Nice, Greg. G-Nice! He, he, he lived in a, a Dune-type place with a with a pool that was always empty. I mean, it was, yeah, it's very it's very low-key, super L.A. show. Very L.A. show. Um, Alright, well, oh, uh, anything else you're watching, or... You know, one thing that we, we uh, the GF and I started watching, uh, one of your podcasts, your friend um, that works at the Washington Post, we started watching Catastrophe. Oh, Amazon Natasha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Natasha Shields. That thing is like low key super funny, man. And it like. Is- it's funny you mentioned Catastrophe real quick. I was gonna, I was going to actually watch the first episode of Catastrophe, and I misclicked onto the Expanse, and I never got Are you out. Serious? <laughs> yes. Wow! It was right underneath it, right next to it. I yeah. reached down the side of the bed and I clicked, and oh, uh, okay. Expanse started. I'm like, let me just watch some of this. If it's good, I'll stay with it for a minute. That's nah, fake, right there. That's that fake, right there, man. That is so. Super, so, that's that's so thanks for reminding me, though. Catastrophe. So tell me about Catastrophe real quick. I mean, it's good, man. It's especially like if you're like a, uh, you know, if you're a couple with a with a young child, like me and my girlfriend are. I mean, it's just good. It's you know, the uh, the woman is in Britain. The guy is uh, from um, from America, mm-hmm. hooking up and like uh, they have an unexpected child. Well, they oh, have an unexpected one pregnancy. Gone, right. Well, kind of like a one week stand gone white, gone right, and uh, so <laughs> unexpected pregnancy. Uh-huh. Leads to a kid, and then you know they just develop after that. But it's it's just funny, man, because it's uh, it, it's just good humor, and like I like the British stuff. Like the stuff thing about the Brits that we'll be talking about is yes. like they have a lot of that low key kind of muted humor, and I like that. And they're very self deprecating, too. Yes, very self deprecating, but also very witty. Like almost kind of like sneak this, and if you don't, if you aren't paying attention, you kind of, they kind of get like a little sneak this, you know? Okay, all right. 
Sounds good. So, All right, so I'm gonna check it out. So now, so I'm not, so I gotta check out Dirty Grandpa, which is on my Amazon Prime watch list, as well as Catastrophe, the misclick that almost was. All right, so I'll definitely yeah. check those out. <laughs> okay, yeah. So now, all right. So we are on to the main topic of the show tonight: top five British films. Here are the rules for those of you who are new to the Cinema Draft podcast. Basically, we uh, you name a British film, and uh, be specific because we'll it has to be about some aspect or takes place in in the UK or Great Britain or about British life. So it can't be like British directors who are always over here stealing our shit. No, just kidding. Just kidding. No, <laughs> they are doing really good stuff. Really, Scott, I love you. You're my boy. Uh, but no, so it's like so it has to be either takes place in Britain or about you know British life. Number one, so so you have to, so one of us will name a British film. We alternate picks. Once that movie is picked, it's out of play. You can't, you know, ha- pick it. So if you got something you know you think I'm going to take, you know, front load that baby because you know we coming for it, all right? But as you are my guest, you get to go first. So Henry G, give us the first of your top five British films. Okay, so it's no particular order, um, but no, no, one at a time. Remember, you got to alternate. Right, right, but no, no particular order. So I'm gonna start out with one that's kind of like up tempo because a lot of these, uh, a lot of these English films that I like are kind of like low key or kind of like a little bit slower paced. Right. So, but this one, London Boulevard. You heard of that one or seen that? I have not. Let's look it up on IMDb. London All right. Boulevard. All right. Oh my God! How did I miss this? Kira Knightley and, oh, yeah. and, and, and Colin Farrell. No, yes. no, go ahead, go ahead. Let's let me put some pee. How did I miss this? Looks so hot. Go ahead. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's like you know when you, it's one of these little Netflix gems that I found. Um, huh. kind of came out in twenty eleven. Uh, and it's something I just like, you know, like all right, I like you know Karen Knightley, like Colin Farrell. Let me check it out. And it's like a really cool story, man. Um, this looks good. You know, think, yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. And the one thing about oh, yeah, I love her. She was on Sherlock, or not Sherlock, like um um Elementary on on CBS. Oh, I love her. Okay, okay. Sorry, go ahead. But yeah, it's it's a good movie. Um, not to say too much or give too much away, but the one thing I like about a lot of these English films or British films is that they have kind of like a surprise ending or some an ending that you might not expect. It's kind of like a you know, kind of, it's, it's, it's just like kind of like not a matter of fact endings in a lot of these things, but like kind of like something that's just like, oh, man, wasn't really expecting that. So um, but it's a, it's, it's a really good movie, man. So because I'm, I'm actually looking up on, oh, damn, it's on DVD only on Netflix. Oh, who still it uses is? a DVD? It's terrible. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to have to, maybe it's on Amazon. I'll check it out. That's, that's very interesting. Because I, I love everyone who's involved. Like, this cast is, is lit. I like it. All right. Yeah. All right well done. Um, okay, so my first pick is going to be Notting Hill. <laughs> that one out the way. Now, although it is about, like, an American star, you know, Julia Roberts playing a Julia Roberts-esque type character, it's all about her kind of hiding out in Notting Hill, falling in love with an English guy, and their fame almost being too much for them. And it's got it's got that iconic line, Harry G. You know what line it is. I'm just a girl, standing in front of a boy. 
<laughs> Kirk love love me. It, it's just it's just so good because they, they both were like really huge stars at the time. Yeah, I think was this yeah. pre or post? Uh, uh, what was Trans, the name? Transvestite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 uh, the, the um. Transvestite. The transvestite prostitute. Was this before or after the prostitute? I can't. Remember. I kind of feel like it's after. After? Okay. Yeah. I, I have a feeling like he shot it before though, because I don't think he he didn't really get a, a ton of like. Well, he still gets work, but it's like he kind of took like a lower profile after that type of stuff. Yeah. Because he was on this rocket ship. Like he was. I mean, he was already kind of everywhere, but he was going to be like like the, the next big big thing. Like kind of like the 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 British Tom Hanks to an extent, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. he's kind of like slowed down inexplicably, quote-unquote, slowed down um, after this movie, or not necessarily after this movie, but, like, you know, in, in a few years after this, but he's really good. He's super charming. All those things you mentioned that you like about uh, British culture and people is in this movie, like, the whole self-deprecating uh, thing. Like, you see him with his family, when she visits his family, they have this whole little riffing session on each other where they just kind of basically talk shit about themselves to each other. It's just really, it's a really cute, wow, it's a lot of different covers. It's a really cute <laughs> movie, the ultimate romantic comedy. Reese Ifens. This is what oh, kind of really gave us Reese Ifens, really. Um, now you see him in everything and a lot cleaner than his character Spike. But yeah, it's just a really good romantic comedy. Um, and yeah, I mean, and probably about as relatable as you can expect a. a a movie star falling in love type movie would be. I mean, she. I was also thinking about this earlier too. She says this this line where people, I think it was something about like when people went to bed with like Rita Hayworth, they're disappointed when they woke up with like whatever her real name was. It's like, yeah, it, it really makes a movie star relatable. It's like, it's like imagine if you were. I mean, you know, I'm sure you're happy at home and everything. Not here to break up the happy home or anything. But uh, if you, it's it's like if you went to, um, if you. Uh, uh, fell in love with like Scarlett Johansson or I don't know some some really hot you know uh, super popular movie star. And it's like you know what what she really like. Like yeah, you go to bed with Scarlett Johansson, but you wake up with like like hey, I'm I'm just S or whatever. I don't know. It's very, it makes you really right. think about that type of right. stuff. It, it makes it relatable. So yeah, that's that's my first one. Not okay. It's off the board. Damn it. And you know what? All this English talk. I I've, I've never seen that movie. Oh. Like. That was Great like night. you're welcome. I know, right? Uh, Mrs. Rones, boo, or whatever. What's your, yeah, what? Where, why? Where'd you go? Bring her back. She played one week. Bring her back, Coach. No, man. I tried to get her in some week. I was like, yeah, I, I want you to play this week, and I was gonna like let her use my spreadsheet and everything, but something happened. I don't know. The kid got in the way or something. So I was like, uh, well, yeah, bring her back. We got, we got, we got to get, we got to get mine in the least. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and and I'm waiting on you to to, to ship this feature presentation. Though. I gotta do it for the. I gotta, gotta do it for the old heads, you know, for the OGs. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Guys. Yeah. All right, no so what, what you got? Doubt. All right, so number two, I'm going to go with one of my uh, more tamer picks, but quality movie. And I just noticed that I've got kind of like a Kira Knightley theme. So mm. The Duchess. Um, okay, I like her in that, yeah. Did you, okay, okay. So, <laughs> like, you know, I'm a big, like, I think you said, too, I'm a big um, – what do you call it? Historical fiction, historical drama. Um, yeah, historical fiction. Yeah, but, like, but period pieces. I'm 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 all about them. Um, okay. And I thought that the uh, cinematography, the outfits, the you know, Look bringing at us hoodie, back. man. That is lit. Look at that hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that? man. That's beautiful. What is that? Velvet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 I thought that was great, and that's my boy, Ralph Easy. Yes. yes. That's my boy, man. 
Have it, you guys seen just, him in like interviews and stuff? I saw him on Bravo Andy once. This dude will do anything. He is like oh, really? he's just like a real dude, man. He just happens to have a British accent. He's he'll he'll do anything. Okay. He's down for whatever. He's great. Love Ray Fun. Yeah. Yeah, he he he's that's that's that dude, yo. So <gasps> is, um, that, is that Agent Carter? Oh my god. Yeah, it is. It really is. Haley hmm. Atwell in the house. All right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, this thing is. I mean, I remember seeing it. I loved it. I think she. I think Kira was nominated for an Oscar for it. Um, and I just. I mean, this thing. Wow, I need to rewatch this. This looks like it was really well cast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I feel it. The Duchess. Um, all right. So for my second one, I'm definitely this one off the board. And, and in in the theme of period picks, we're going Shakespeare in Love. It's I mean, <laughs> controversial Oscar selection. I had no problem with it. I love Shakespeare Love. I thought it was great. I, I mean, I, also, my background, trained actor, blah, blah, English degree, drama degree, blah, blah, blah. And I actually had to take a class to graduate um, Morehouse called, um, uh, I think it was Shakespeare. And so we read, like, I don't know, like 20 or 30 plays, whatever. We read a lot of plays. I still have the complete works of Shakespeare. Actually, is it? All right, it's not in the – oh, it is in the office. Yeah. Matter of fact, let me turn on the camera real quick. Let me show you this fucking brick. This brick okay. of a, this brick of a. Oh wow! Penis. Yeah. Oh wow! Works of Shakespeare. This That's joint. It, I mean, it's it. It feels like a seven pound. It might be a seven pound weight. It is yeah. legit, and it's got every play, and and I think a bunch of sonnets in there and stuff. So so yeah. So I got real familiar with this. God, this book is this book literally is like 20, 25 years old. I had I literally had it in undergrad. Uh, shout out the house. Um, <laughs> Oh wow, this is getting really. There we go. I'm like, all right, now we're in focus. Yeah, so I was, <clears throat> so I, I really like Shakespeare. Um, generally, you know, like like most of us, uh, drama kids, and it's just it's it's re it's really well done, like historical fiction, you know, movie. I loved it. It's a lot of fun. Really well cast, well acted. Jane, Jane, Dame Judi Dench winning Oscar for nine minutes screen time. And that's baller, my video. Baller status, Dame. Yeah, Dame Judi. Um, oh. Oh, and then uh, even Ben Affleck playing like the Ben Affleck of his time, <laughs> right? Christopher Burke right. or whatever. What is the play, and what is my part? <laughs> it's just really good. And Gwyneth Paltrow, she's probably—I mean, that's probably peak, or as uh, as our boy Bill Simmons would say, it's probably apex Gwyneth Paltrow, Shakespeare in Love. I mean, I mean, has she has she been better in a movie than than uh, Shakespeare in Love? Gwyneth P. I don't yeah. know, man. Um. She was really good in Bounce. That also came out like a year after when she was when she, when was, she was dating Affleck and they're in that movie together. Okay, was that was because I was thinking maybe Bounce is what I'm thinking of, or is she was in some movie called Sliding Doors or Doors or something? Yes, yes, we covered that last uh, week on the alternate universe okay. uh, pod. Yeah, so yeah, that, that was an interesting movie. I, I vaguely remember, but I liked her in it. Fun. Oh, she was in. Uh, she was in. Oh my gosh, what's that movie, man? The the comedy How, when she was like. The <laughs> But she was like the um, what's the guy's name? Like it's it was how something where the guy only saw oh, her. Oh, shallow how. Fairly <laughs> <laughs> Brothers. What are they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gwenny. Yeah. Gwenny P. Though this might be Apex Gwenny P. She's charming. She's beautiful. Uh, she even gets a little naked. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, it's it's yeah. I really enjoyed Shakespeare in Love. That's my number two pick. Okay. Okay. All right. So what you got? All right, number three, I'm going to ramp it up a bit, man. Um, layer cake. Whoa! Whoa! Hold on. That, that definitely deserves a sound effect. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. Whoa. Yes. Yes. Layer cake. All right, go ahead, spit game on this. Not, I don't know if people realize the low-key gangster classic layer cake is. So go ahead, school people. Yeah, it is, it's solid, man. Um, another little Netflix gem from back in the day. Uh, stars I saw Daniel. the theaters, by the way. I, I mean, I'm not oh, the one who did, but I saw the nice. theaters. Was, it was very intriguing, yeah. Yeah. Craig, I'm looking I didn't even know. I forgot. Um, uh, hold on, but yeah, break, break up a little bit. Uh, go ahead and re restart for me. Um, I was said I said I forgot that Tom Hardy was. In. It looks like Tom Hardy was in it too. I think I forgot that. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, man. yeah, but basically, you know, it's um, you know, Daniel Craig is like, you know, plays like a criminal. He's like a gangster kind of. True. Uh, well, not kind of. He is a gangster, and he's like is in he, the is he trying to get out. Is he like trying to get out? Like trying to get out. Exactly. Thing? Yeah. Trying to get <laughs> out. Score. That's a very, very yeah. tried and true. Uh, yeah. Plot device. But the way exactly. But the way it's done is so good. And the thing that's kind of ironic is like those, you know, surprise British endings. Like he's kind of arrogant in that, that sense. And I can't remember if it's because he's like, you know, because Daniel Craig's like, well, he's just like this, you know, he's criminal gangster and he's just like that man and he just kind of like runs people over but you know in the end it kind of catches up to him so uh but it's just a solid movie man it's solid 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 lots of action um good plot good movie good actors and i like the set design the costume because it's i mean obviously these are like these are rich gangsters. this isn't like like the wire type gangsters you know per se as far as like we're just gonna lay low and live in the hood no these guys live well <laughs> they live yeah. they live well they do some grimy shit but they live well he's always in suits he's always going to people's house look at look at like the, look at the wood paneling crying out loud. look at all those old yeah. ass you know portraits on the walls that's how they live they're they're always in suits and stuff so it's kind of like the 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 glitzy side, I won't say glamorous, but the glitzy side of of organized crime in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll see your layer cake. All and right. I'm going to raise you. I'm definitely taking this shit off the board. Snatch. Yo. Okay. Snatch. Oh, my God. This was – this had – I'm almost speechless how great this movie was, how much I enjoyed this movie. How, I might have seen it two or three times in the theater. I definitely owned it. I definitely had it like on, on DVD. And it's it's just, I mean, Guy Ritchie, this definitely is peak Guy Ritchie. I'm not sure if he's ever, I mean, Sherlock Holmes, the first one was pretty good, but this is like peak Guy Ritchie because he's just, I mean, this is just like, we're just going to give Guy Ritchie every actor he wants and set it in London and have at it. The Pikes, damn it. Brad Pitt, Needed subtitles, damn it. He Thanks. was so pikey. I don't remember. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. I love this movie. Young Jason Statham, doing Jason Statham things. This guy, Stephen Graham, the face you've seen everywhere. He played Al Capone in Boardwalk Empire, whatever. That's right. I mean, he's in fucking, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Taboo, your boy Tom Hardy. This That's movie right. But Tom Hardy, because this might have been a little too early for Tom Hardy. Like we weren't in our Tom Hardiness yet. But Tom Hardy would have fit right in with this movie. Dennis Farina is like as the Jew, the, the the Jew. Was he a jeweler, right? The Jew jeweler or something? Vinnie Jones so. playing like a heavy. You know, I mean, all, all these like weird names. People, you know, uh, these funny names. See, they called this guy Tiny or something. Black gangsters, Irish gangsters, Pikey gangsters. British gangsters, 
English gang. I mean, it's oh, it's just, it's great. And Benicio del Toro, what is he doing in this movie? He's got. This movie, I didn't know that. I forgot. This movie had everything except for maybe women. <laughs> Otherwise, the movie was great. You know, another one of those kind of like it's like it's it's a combo like gangster heist caper flick and a movie a lot of moving parts really really enjoyable some bare knuckle boxing like i said brad pitt just i mean this is the type of movie you like dags yeah 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 dags 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 like you know wolf this movie makes me smile i'm i'm smiling ear to ear as i flip through these these photos i love this movie this movie is great it's great damn it another one i have to rewatch. i love this movie i miss it Snatch, get some. <laughs> a fifty-five. Nice. Who the fuck? You know what? This what? Yeah. So, all right, all right. Sorry, I'm gonna go a quick cultural cul-de-sac. Just seeing this Metascore from Medic from Metacritic, which is like aggregation all these critical, you know, reviews. Fuck critics, damn it. This is what pisses me off about critics sometimes. I used to write movie reviews for like ten years. You need to know where people are coming from. All right, these people aren't the hand of God. Everyone's got their own unique, you know, background or cultural experience from which informs all their opinions. Fuck a Metascore, 55, screw you. This thing's like 100. This thing's like 100 times 100. I love this movie. All right, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, actually, uh, actually I, got, I got one more. All right, there we go. Fuck a critic. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm up? Yes, you're up. All right, I'm going to go with uh, another Jason Statham movie, man, The Bank Job. Did you ever see that one? No, I think I did, but I don't remember much about it. So go ahead and tell tell us about it. 2008. Um, it's a heist thriller. Um, Statham's in it. He's the main guy in it. Um, it was, I need to rewatch it, but it was action, but good plot. Um, it's just like a solid movie, man. Like Jason Statham, he's not like super crazy beating people up, but it's just kind of like a good movie. They have to kind of plan out the heist it's almost like uh almost like goodfellas ish in that in the sense in that big goodfellas in that big heist in the goodfellas where they had to plan out the guy had guys doing this boom 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 oh i remember this this is a period flick right they're like they they hold up yeah like, the bank they 71 1971 yeah. tunneled under yep. based off a true story right yeah 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 so that's good yeah quality movie man so that's my that's my number four are are we unfairly uh are we like unfair like stereotyping Brits for like heists and, and gangsters? I, I mean, it seems like we it seems like this, the movies we like in our top five are are veering that way. It's kind of true, man. What's up with us, man? <laughs> um, okay, so oh man, um, all right. So my fourth. Okay, let me come at this. <clears throat> uh, decisions, decisions. Um. Okay. Uh, and you know, actually, we haven't done any James Bond, so I'm, I'm exclude James Bond. James Bond doesn't count. He he doesn't he doesn't belong to the Brits. He belongs to the world. Let's go with. Uh, oh God, I mean, you know what? I guess I guess this also is but stereotypical because we are kind of um, uh, we are kind of falling into this. Uh, well, I guess when people think of Brits, because it's such a long history, or whatever they tend to think of. Uh, well, I guess with us, gangsters and stuff, but also I'm going with Pride and Prejudice. That was, okay. I mean, Kira Knightley is just winning like crazy in this damn is, in this damn movie, and also on our list. I mean, she's winning like crazy. She's great. She, she definitely is. has period very well. 
all the courses you want. Matthew McFadden, McFadden. Um, I mean, I haven't really man. heard of him before this movie, but he's great in it. Tom Hollander, oh, he gets oh, yeah. around. Yeah, he's he, anything decent as British, he's in. Tom Hollander. I mean, once again, no one does no one does a corset better than Kira Knightley. I mean, based on the James Austin James Jane Austen novel. Ooh, don't don't let the, the, the Jane Hive come after me for that one. The Jane Austen novel, uh, of which of course I read, uh, I think a couple times, uh, high school and college. I think you know all the you know all the the the, the gloomy woods, the mists, the riding through you know while raining, all that good stuff, all the great set decoration, landscapes, all that good Britishness. Very good, very, very British um, historical-ish fiction type movie. Uh, yeah, Pride and Prejudice, damn it. All, all, okay. she, all she wants is to is to marry Mr. Darcy and for Mr. Darcy to be worthy of her. I mean, you know, who, who hasn't just wanted the perfect woman or man and have them be worthy of you, you know? There you go. There you go, there Pride and Prejudice. Go. I like all it, right, I like and, it. And, and then your last one, number five. All right, I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go off of the uh, gangster thing, and I'm gonna go to but another well-known uh, British hero to me, uh, to us, Mr. Holmes. Um, the Sherlock Holmes movie with Ian McKellen, 2015, where Sherlock Holmes is an aged, um, still still a detective, but an age, well, he's, he's retired technically. Wait, hold on. There's, um, there's a movie that came out in 2015 for Sherlock Holmes. What's it called? Mr. Holmes. Oh, really? Hold on a second. How yeah, did I miss this? I like Sherlock Holmes. Mr. Holmes. Ian McKellen, Laura Lenny, um, and I think the kid is Milo Parker, Milo Parker. And then there's a Japanese guy in there who you'll know if you see him. I don't... Wait, wait, hold on a second. Is it, hold on. MR, Mr. Holmes? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. There it is. Okay. Wow, how did I miss that? Yeah, man. It is... I'll get there. Keep, keep talking. I'll get there in a second. Yeah, so this was like... Yeah, it's 2015, so this would have been, well, this was spreadsheet day, so I was going to say this wouldn't have been in the uh, limited. But, you know, who got me into <laughs> it's spreadsheet, man. You remember that on the spreadsheet? Like, I got to go see that movie. That is an excellent endorsement for Cinema Draft, damn it. They show up in yeah. our panel pool, we got to go see it. <laughs> yep, yep. Because, like, you know what? Uh, you, my mom, man, is actually don't know until, you know, you grow up, but, like, my mom has always kind of been into British shows and stuff. Okay. And I just like when growing up, I was just like, whatever. But I'm just like, hmm, I guess that kind of influenced me because she saw this movie. She and my father went to see it first and they said it was good. And then I got it and I was just kind of like saying, ah, you know, because like, I don't know, I'm not super excited. It's going to be kind of slow. And I was like, let me put this in. I was like, really good, man. I mean, but Ian McKellen, you're not going to really go wrong with him, True. you know? And I mean, in the story that they do is it's like a really cool story. Um, of course, the cinematography. Like it, that's the one thing whoa, about whoa, these. Whoa, real, real quick, what's the, what's the really cool story for those who haven't seen this movie? Like me, how did I miss this? <laughs> um, it is. So he's to, uh, Sherlock Holmes is retired. Um, Watson is dead, um, and he goes to retire in like this little home in this little uh, like uh, English village. And Laura Lenny is like the his care just caretaker. Um, house assistant, and she has a son who lives with them. So he and Ian McKellen and Sherlock Holmes start making a bond, start hanging out, doing stuff. He becomes kind of like a father figure to him or grandpa figure to him. And then at the same time, there's like kind of like this old case that Sherlock Holmes is working on. And uh, he kind of, you know, brings the family into it or the son into it to try to kind of like figure out the stuff. 
And so it's kind of like you see, because you know how Sherlock Holmes is kind of like a snarky, super conceited guy. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so in this, in this, in the, in this mood, which is so good, it's like he kind of comes around. He kind of like around, you know, like living with these two people. He kind of like, you know, sees a different side of things and and becomes a little bit less abrasive, I guess. But it's like it's just like a really quality movie, man. Well made, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I think you'll like it. Okay, Mr. Holmes. Yeah, Ian McKellen can't go wrong there. Um, all right. Uh, so for my last one, you know what? I'm not gonna overthink it. Train spotting makes you proud to be Scottish. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen T2, and that's just because I was so busy. We were running the game and everything. But man, train spotting, it's, it's, it's fairly iconic. Um, have you seen train spotting, Henry Henry G? Are you going to be mad if I say no? No, no, that's fine. I mean, it, it was an indie that came out. I mean, I. I I, I only know about it probably – this might be a G-Nice special. I only know about it probably because of, <clears throat> of of Greg. He might put me onto it. But when I watched it, I loved it. I owned it, I think, on VHS. how damn old I, I've had it or ha- had it or whatever. But, uh, yeah, and it's just – you know, look at how young all these dudes – I mean, Johnny Lee Miller did, did, did Sherlock Holmes on Elementary for CBS now. Ewan Bremner looks the same. He looks small and weird. He was in a King Arthur movie. Ewan McGregor, super young, Obi-Wan. Don't know what happened to this dude. And then Robert Carlyle, he's in every... Oh, holy shit! Hold up! That's... Wait, that's Kevin McKidd? Are you kidding me? That's freaking... That's him? Wow. Dude's on Grey's Anatomy. Wow! That was the dude. Didn't he have that... Didn't he have... Wasn't he... Didn't he have that Rome show on HBO? Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I first uh, got acquainted with him, was on Rome. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the short-lived, two-season, very expensive Wonder Blunder. But I liked it. I liked it fine. That's where, that's where we also saw um, um, uh, Ilya Martel, a.k.a. Uh, Indira Varma. She was on oh, he, my first. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so train spotting. it's just, wow, that is him. Wow, that's yeah. that, that's dude from, from, uh, from Grey's Anatomy. Crazy. Yeah, and then this is the scene where he's – that scene, it's just great. Look up um, – just Google or YouTube. Proud to be Scottish. This scene will come up. They're sitting in a plane. They're basically basically about being like Scottish or whatever in uh, in the United Kingdom. I guess Scots are looked down upon <clears throat> sometimes or from certain segments of the pop- of population. And he's in this field. And he's just like he goes on this great rant. He's like he's like yeah, look at this shit. Look at this shit. I make you proud to be Scottish. You know, <laughs> uh, you know. I don't hate the English. They're just wankers. But we're colonized by wankers. What does it say about the OC? He just gets really like emo about it. It's really great. You have McGregor. Ah, oh, this it's basically about drunky or not drunkies, but druggies in um in Belfast, Scotland, and and it's it's technically a British movie. You know, UK uh, takes place in UK, um, and they're all like struggling with like you know drugs and everything, and, and it's really interesting slice of young life back then. Danny Boyle. This is, I think, this is the movie that put Danny Boyle as a director on the map. And Danny Boyle, we know, has gone on to great movie Sunshine. I don't know what are, what are some other great Danny Boyle movies that are out there. Um, trying to think off the top of my head, he's done like a lot of interesting stuff. Danny Boyle, he's done. Uh, I, I need to know that. I need to look this up real quick. Cause I've really enjoyed his Slumdog Millionaire. Duh. Okay, I think he won an Oscar for that. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 Slumdog Millionaire. He and he. I think he did one. 
think he did this one, uh, 28 Days Later. That's great, too. Yep. He did The Beach? Hmm. He did The Beach, yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember after coming off of Titanic, all that Leo heat. The Leonardo, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio Heat is like a big coup that he got him uh, in his first post-Titanic role. Um, yeah, it's just he's a really interesting director, really quirky director. He does different stuff um, that it's not for everybody, but I, I didn't realize it's Steve Jobs. I like that movie. All right, even though you liked no it. Thought, I like I liked it. That script was fire. Come on now, that script was excellent. You don't think so? It was it was okay. Like I read. The Steve Jobs book by um, I think it's Walter Isaacson, mm-hmm. um, but and the book was great. And you know, if I would have seen the movie first, it would have probably ought to like the movie more because anytime I feel anytime that I read the book first, Eduardo, it's yeah. like I know too much detail. And I'm just like, oh, that, that didn't happen like that, or they're trying to because I know what they're trying to do in like two hours, trying to give you the entire well, not the entire story, but like in that one specific segment. It's, I mean, it was okay. It was okay, but huh. I mean, it's essentially the book was great. Like having, like it's having basically one set, like this, you know. I mean, it's, it's essentially a play, and I think was it originally a play or I can't remember, but I know Sorkin wrote it, and, and we know Sorkin hails from like the theater and all sort of stuff. But you know, Sorkin, Sorkin, you know, it's, and it's very Sorkin esque script. I mean, the script is excellent, uh, and I just remember. I mean, I just really. I, th- I think this is the one where I read the script first, and I was like, okay, it's going to be very interesting to see how they do it like on the screen, and it's just such a really good script, and the dialogue's really crisp and stuff, and Steve Jobs is an asshole, but he's, one, I mean, a bit of a yeah. tortured genius, whatever, I don't know, it was really interesting to see all the dimensions of him, his daughter, his relationship with his assistant, you know, Kate Winslet, it's excellent, yeah. I mean, I don't know, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was underrated, I thought the script was excellent, should have got a lot more kudos than it did, but a lot of people didn't like, well, it got an 82 Metascore, it's interesting, because as uh, from commercially, it wasn't very well received. Like it came and went in like a month, month and a half. So that's pretty yeah. sad. It's a really, really cool film. Um, but yeah, Danny Boyle. So yeah, Train Spot. Sorry, our little cultural cul-de-sac. Welcome, welcome to the pod. We we be doing donuts in the cultural cul-de-sac. Uh, <laughs> it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning. All right. So yeah. So um, so let's. Do an air horn. Yes, that is our top five British films. Now to the crux of our podcast. What is Cinema Draft? For those of you who are new to the podcast, it is the fancy sports version of the movies. But instead of picking actors, athletes from teams, you're drafting actors from movies. And how their movies perform at the North American box office will earn you points for, again, for your call sheet of actors while competing against others for fun and prizes. You must draft 10 actors who are each assigned a dollar value salary. You have 100K budget to try to draft all 10 actors. It must be 10, no more, no less. You have three release types of movies, wide, 2,000 screens and up, limited, 501 to 1,999 screens, and platform, 500 screens and below, and you must draft at least one actor from a movie in each of those three release types. You get two headliners per film. Their their points are worth 40% more. So, for example, if you have Suicide Squad, which earns $100 million in a weekend, Margot Robbie would get 100 points at one point per million per actor, while Will Smith, as a headliner, would get 140 points. Math. All right, it's free to play. Get over $200 in prizes this week, plus a $25 bonus to the highest-scoring call sheet. Shout-out to the god of cheese. He won this last weekend's uh, call sheet of the week and the $25 bonus. 
beta testing is open and live. And let's let's actually let me get a screen share going <clears throat> in a second. Take a look at <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Let's take a look at our our uh, talent pool for the week. Let me get the screen share. And yeah, so real quick, any any movies and actors you're looking out for this weekend in the game, Henry G. Um, you know, I haven't dug too deep. Let me look, let me, let me see if I can pull up mine. And also a new feature we're offering, uh, our loyal players in the cinema draft game. We've had, uh, we, we've, even though we're kind of stymied in development right now, I did want to give more access, more tools she has used. I know people like Jaybird was very fond of the spreadsheets, helped him optimize his, <clears throat> his call sheets a little bit more. So we are giving access to spreadsheets on our, on our corporate blog. If you go to medium.com slash at cinema draft and go to the post where we have the tournament results, you can click over here and to see the new talent pool. And you can get this very same spreadsheet that I work on all week. Aha! Uh -huh. Yes, there you go. And and it will change. We are constantly updating it throughout the week, trying to give ourselves the most update information as possible. We de we definitely update the box office report tab, the talent pool. Not so much once we lock in the the salaries, or whatever. But definitely check the the box office report uh, tab. Make sure you're up to date on the latest and greatest as far as screen counts, release types, all of that good stuff. Okay, so yeah, so you're saying, Henry G, any, anyone you're looking out for this weekend? It's the biggest, it's the, the, the new release is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's, that's all we're working with this week? Yeah, trick question. They all suck, damn it. <laughs> Nothing's good this week. <laughs> it's probably, this is, now, I, now, even though last week had a, had probably the lowest score in Cinema Draft history, a winning score, I think 93 points was the call sheet of the week. 90.22 points. Shoutouts to Drew.Zod, a.k.a. the official science guy of the pod, Julian Smith. He was my guest last week. He got okay. the Cinema Draft podcast bump and took down the feature nice. presentation. Here's hope. Here's hoping you fare just as well, Henry. You got to say, history. History's gonna gotta repeat itself, man. I need a victory out here. Absolutely, get that forty-six dollars and twenty-five cent top prize feature presentation. Side bets galore, of course, going on each and every week in the group chat. But yeah, so so basically, this week, uh, as far as the shot list goes, and the shot list are views you can use to pick the winning cinema draft call sheet. And the first part of the shot list is the A list. And these are actors you will definitely want in your call sheet. This week, I use that word definitely very loosely because it's a pretty it's a pretty spare looking uh, week out there in Cinema Draft Landia. Uh, I mean, we only so with your Go so ahead. with your with your uh, movie knowledge and industry knowledge, just just break it down real quick to me. This weekend, week Labor Day weekend, what is the what is the industry's perspective on this? So this is this is obviously like a dumping ground. We're not going to debut anything this weekend, right? Ooh, loud! It is. I mean, so <laughs> it may not be official in mm -hmm. in Hollywood, but this is by far the worst box office weekend in the entire year, consistently year to year. This is the yeah. week two years ago, maybe three years ago, that brought us uh, we we are your friends. That Zac Efron classic oh, that DJ movie. Yeah, yeah, the DJ movie that nobody saw in the theaters. But your boy, because even back then I had no life. I went and saw it on a Friday, paid cold hard cash, cash money to see it. It 
is one of the top five or lowest five grossing wide release movies in history. In Ooh. history, not I mean, not, I don't even think counting for inflation either. It's just, it, no one saw that damn movie. It's on like <laughs> 2,500 screens. I, I I think I might have the ticket for it somewhere around here, and it's just a dumping ground for Hollywood. Nobody cares because it's the last week in the summer, and actually probably the only real break in the industry in you know in in C suites in Hollywood where they actually take off and like go somewhere and have like a mini vacation before they get back out to slug it out for okay. you know, the fall and the winter. So yeah, it's it's the worst weekend of the year. We're gonna see oh man, we, we might have to do an over under, you know, in the group chat on how many points the win is gonna be this week. It could be seventy five points. It's gonna be terrible this week. It's gonna be god awful. So yeah, so keep that in mind as you're as you're selecting um uh for your call sheet. And the thing I really liked about about Julian's uh, call sheet, Drew Zod's call sheet, was that it was a very safe call sheet, and I only say I like it only because usually we're 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 promoting high variant strategies, stacks and stacks, stacks. No, he did the Noah's Ark, two by two by two, almost everything, and just played it safe. Had an all star call sheet. Everyone was a headliner. Played it safe and scored ninety points. And could, my hats off to him. Kudos to you, sir. Get the salute. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, so the A-list this week is it's gonna be very slim. Let me let me go back to screen share real quick. Um, the pickings pickings are slim, but I'm I think t- this might be the week to gamble on on a foreign focused film, a 3F, Haslo Como Hombre, that is on 370 screens and platform release. It's a Mexican movie. Uh, going back to our theories of population proximity and density and all good stuff, I think they might turn out for this movie. Um, it's a comedy. I think something about like uh, gay straight uh, social politics in Mexico. I, I don't know. I just have a feeling about it. I price it up accordingly for the pl- for the, the, the platform. It's only six thousand to get started. Six thousand two hundred for a headliner. So I might. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to full stack this. I'm not sure if I'm going to max stack this, but it's on oh. my radar. Okay. Uh, and second on the A list. I mean, once again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, going back to the Hitman's Bodyguard, well, I might actually pay yeah. to go see it this weekend. Um, Ryan Reynolds, he's cheaper than two headliners. I mean, you're gonna have money to spare this week, Henry G. So you might yeah. as well, you know, go get what you want. If something you see that you really want, just go get it. I mean, we're gonna have a lot of like we normally encourage leaving less than say five thousand remaining budget in your call sheet. This week, if you have if you have less than five thousand on your call sheet, you did something wrong. Most likely, so <laughs> get what you want. I mean, you can probably even max stack this and have money left over. I mean, it's it's going to be a very slim weekend. I'll be very curious to see the projections for our friends over at Box Office Pro. What the what they, what they what they think is going to be the the leading weekend um, grocer because it could be as little as like seven million, eight million. There's nothing really. You know, I mean, everyone's going to be. I mean, this is the last week in the summer, right? I mean, you get probably you probably have plans for Labor Day, right? I was supposed to do a football draft in uh, D.C. Mm. on Sunday. I know. There you I mean, go. Coming from Virginia Beach up there, it's just like traffic is is going to be a nightmare this weekend. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I guess you are going with traffic on that one, huh? Because when I'm, when I'm living in Vegas, I'm always going against traffic. It's perfect. Everyone's always come, trying to come to Vegas, and I'm always leaving out. And then when I'm going back, everyone's going back to California. It's it's awesome. So yeah, nice. Uh, didn't mean to rub that in your face. <laughs> uh, okay, co-starring. Now, these are some values you may want to look out for this weekend. 
And yeah, you, you hit on it. The the re-release of Close Encounters with Third Kind, Terry Gar, she's a cheaper than two headliners, but once again this week, you know, price or salary is not gonna be, you know, uh, is not is not gonna stop you this week. Um, Close Encounters with Third Kind, Terry Gar. Uh, just going off of what uh, going off of what Terminator two 3D did in its re-release last weekend. I, and I went and saw that. I actually uh, paid to see that, uh, as well as Ingrid Goes West. I mean, it might do some business. I don't know. It's just such a slump. It's, as far as limited release goes, this might be your best performing limited release. This might pull yeah. two or three million dollars, you know, six or eight points. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's right now, I mean, when, when we talk about replacement value, this is definitely going to be the week where eight might be the replacement value you're going for. Eight points yeah. might be like the high point. So get it where you can. Yeah. And then Kula Fever, Dane DeHaan. I'm oh, down your boy. On him That's as, your boy. No, he's not my boy. I'm kind of down on Dane DeHaan only because like he was so miscast in Valerian. He, he is somewhat charismatic. I've seen him in other stuff. He's a fine actor. He's fine. But I, I'm so down on him for, for Valerian. But he's in this movie, Tulip Fever. It's been delayed a few times, which is always a trouble sign. But... I'm curious. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's curious about Tulip Fever. I, I kind of touched on it earlier in the recap pod uh, Tuesday Tuesday morning, where basically, you know, it's uh, it kind of reminds me of like how people talk badly about Bitcoin. They always refer to it as like Tulip Mania, where basically this artificial bubble where tulips became like super popular and super expensive back in like 17th century uh, uh, Holland or Denmark, whatever. Uh, I'm kind of curious about that. Historical fiction. That's our shit, Henry G. That's right. That's kind of okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking I might check it out. It's gonna be I mean it's gonna take a lot to take me out of the, the apartment this week or out of the house this week because it's Narcos. That's that's right. Narcos season three on Netflix. So I mean I think I think also the box office is gonna take a beating this weekend. Even though we are here for the box office studios, people want to invest in cinema draft and promote the. The, the, the fan movie going experience. We're still here for you, but it's going to be a tough weekend. It's Labor Day weekend, people taking three day weekends, and Narcos on Netflix. It's going to be rough, but if, if not that, then Tulip Fever is on my radar as co starring. Uh, any, any others that kind of interest you this week? Anything you think that might be like a, a hidden value play this weekend? Uh, you know, looking over at first glance, I mean, like I saw Hitman Like You. That was, I was thinking that. I'm thinking Wind River too, man. I mean, that might be a yeah. nice little way to go. I mean, if if it if it dips back into limited, because it actually kind of screwed itself a little bit by going into. Let me scroll down to Wind River. It's been out for a minute. There we go. Wind River. Yes. I mean, I'm I priced it up a thousand. I think this week or up five hundred this week, only because I anticipate it might slip into limited because it didn't really do that much in wide release. But it kind of shot itself in the foot. By going wide release, as yeah, you can see, I last agree. weekend, twenty thousand, two thousand ninety-five, just over the line from limited to wide release. If it dips below the limited, you're you're right. That's actually a pretty good look. I like where your head's at. Yeah, I like that one. Um, and your are pretty strong of late. Like you've had some, you've had some some top fives recently. Um, you know, you're 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 prime. You're poised to take it down these days. I'm I'm always uh. I put it. I put in that work, man. I made my little spreadsheet. You know, I'm trying right. to, you know, trying to get a little something going. Yeah, and you're part of the group chat. You know, consistently. I mean, this is probably the first week that someone from the group chat did not take like the top spot. You know? Yeah, like I was like, who is this person, man? I was like, okay, I haven't, yeah. I haven't checked out the pod from last week, so. 
Yeah, the official science guy. He was really high on Birth of the Dragon. I mean, good thing it was such a flat weekend that, you know, it, it didn't really cost him. But, yeah, yeah, that was, it was really, really proud of our boy Julian. He's been, he's been out there uh, trying uh, with the game for, for a minute now. And also, um, I was going to say, also – oh, and also, let's pour, a little, let's pour a little out, metaphorically, for our boy Excellent. Excellent, my man. 19 straight weeks, a cinema draft record – he had cashed, came to an end this past weekend, brought a tear to my eye. Excellent. Way to put in that work. Uh, we appreciate, Good job, excellent. Yeah, we appreciate the continue. I mean, and, 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 to, and to his, I don't know, consistency or credit, like I don't know if he was doing only safe call sheets, but he never outright won the feature presentation during this streak, but he was – Consistently, like in the top five to seven ish, like he always had like good enough, but not. So that just shows that you can even be a consistent performer, make some money in this free to play game. He was doing NASCAR, man, just getting those points, man. You know, <laughs> qualifying for the playoffs. You Winning get, stages, you have, but not you don't racing. Have to win. You don't have to win every week in NASCAR. Just, just win you a stage I mean? or two, you know, win a stage or something, you know? Yeah. That's what you got to do, man. Absolutely, and, and and that also, I mean, that's a great point too. I don't even like NASCAR like that, but thanks to DFS, I'm I'm intrigued. NASCAR's got my attention, so well played. That that's the power of daily fantasy sports type games, like True. Cinema Draft as well. And also, so the cutting room floor. These are the ones that you are going to not want to have on your call sheet at all. Get big, kind of harsh. I know it's on its own. It's in its debut week. As you can <laughs> see, I've got zero expectations for it. Everyone's priced five thousand. <laughs> Um, it's all, only on seven screens in AMC theaters. I, I never even heard about this movie. I didn't do some deep deep digging to get some new films in the talent pool this week. Uh, and basically, it's by two unknowns on the worst movie going weekend of the year. Hard pass. Hard pass. And then also War of the Planet of the Apes. It's been out forever. It's been doing yeoman's duty, but it's way too wide for its own good. It's in limited release. 800 screens, probably. Uh, I mean... Only if it drops into platform release do I have any interest in this film. But it's yeah. probably not going to do that. It's probably going to hang around like seven, eight hundred screens, which Ooh. it's yeah, it's not, it's 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 unplayable. It's unplayable. Yeah, it's that's tough. All right, so uh, I think we already kind of covered any movies you're kind of interested in in possibly seeing. Or right, do you have any interest in in Tulip Fever or anything that's coming out this weekend, Henry G? You know what, Tulip Fever. Now I, after you said that, I pulled up the thing that looks kind of interesting to me. Um, just looking at Zach Galifianakis is in it. That's that's going to be interesting right there. I know, and it's it's not like an outright comedy. <laughs> like, I always find it interesting when comedians play like straight roles because I think people under uh, un, or or give them less credit than just because they're usually known in comedy. So it'll be interesting to see him, him play that. I'm I'm intrigued too. Actually, yeah. you know, what? I, I think we'll go see. Maybe it'll be a Saturday matinee. No post lock movie. We're we're doing Narcos Thursday night. But yeah, it's definitely have to check out uh Tulip Fever at the box office. Um, okay, and uh, off of that, the over-under this week, Tulip Fever. Does it have enough to get $2 million this weekend? Over-under, what do you think, Henry G? $2 million this weekend. Uh, How many screens is it on? It is on 600 screens. Under. Oh, I'm wow, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm going under. <laughs> wow, all right. Uh, man, ooh. <laughs> wow, that's that, that, that's uh, man. I, I I want to dispute the logic. That it, two million seems like such a low bar to, to cross, right? Right. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be contrarian, Dan. I'm gonna go over and like okay. maybe a dollar over, like two million right. and one. Watch it get two million and one. Um, all right, so that's over under. Last week's over under 
almost as pathetic. Birth of the Dragon, uh, 55% pick the under on Birth of the Dragon. Your boy, Julian, was optimistic. He had the over. He was wrong, sir. You are wrong. I had the under as well. Surprise, surprise. I was actually right. It grossed less than $3 million. I think it was like $2.7 million. So yeah. uh, that's how that poll worked out last week. And, you know, I guess we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna wrap it up, Henry G. Uh, where can you find Thanks, Cinema man. Draft? CinemaDraft.co for the free beta. We're on all the Twitters, all the Facebooks, all the social media. Our corporate blog is at medium.com slash at CinemaDraft. We even have a Pinterest board, damn it. We're everywhere. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, uh, our YouTube channel, Google Music, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your podcast, damn it. Like to, uh, we're also live this week uh, with the game. Thursdays, 10 p.m. Pacific time when the game starts. Theater lock. That's when we lock in the release types and the theater counts for the game throughout the weekend. That happens at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Just add three hours, Henry G. You know how to do some math. Uh, you're over there in Virginia Beach. Uh, also, uh, results are generally Monday evening. I am hand scoring these days. Fuck my life. Uh, but until we get some, some funding and development money, we'll be hand scoring. So just hang in there. Wait till you see the announcement on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, that, that uh, hand scoring is done. Uh, thank you for your patience. Appreciate that. Uh, and Henry G, thanks for thanks for uh, being on the show. Oh. Where, where's my? Where, there it is. Give yourself a hand. Thanks for inviting me, man. It was great. First podcast ever, man. Yeah, the run. OG, we got to have you back. You are <laughs> definitely OG. Back in the spreadsheet days. Really appreciate your support all these years. Uh, much obliged. Do you have anything to plug? If you have it, plug your ish. Um. Well, I'm a dad of a two-year-old. If anyone's in Virginia Beach and wants to babysit, come on by. <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. So you can go out and see some movies, right? <laughs> I got to go see some movies. I'm trying to see Tula Fever this weekend. Help your yes. boy out. Trying to take the GF out. Come on, come on. Help us out. Yes, and, and I like to play you know, the GF. Let's get the Rones boo. She had like a one-week cameo appearance. Get her back in. Let's get, let's get some more players in this I'm game. A, I'm going to work on the, I'm a work on the Rones boo. I'm going to get her in this week. I think I can do it for this week. See when it comes to better than one, just ask Bethany and Mike Vellante. Right. <laughs> Michael Vellante. They power are, couple right there. They are a power couple them. Also, uh, Smart Ash and, uh, and, and, and Ring, Ring Balls. Balls. Yeah, Ring Balls 22. The couple that drafts together lasts forever. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening and watching. Y'all know what to do. Um, and like the, once again, thanks again to Henry G, my man, the OG from the from the spreadsheet days, be on the podcast. Appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. And between now and the next podcast, y'all know what to do. Go see a movie or something.